There's no business like trope. Business like no business we know. Everything about the show's appealing. Listen and enjoy this blissful feeling. Nowhere could you get so much information than if you were standing on Miracle Mile. No business like trope business. Now. On to our show. Welcome our host, a man with a face for radio, Mark Trowbridge. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce, known affectionately henceforth as TroBiz. I'm Mark Trowbridge. I am honored and thrilled to not only be our longtime CEO here at the Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce, but also be your host for TroBiz from today into the future. Now that was our theme song sung by myself and Sarah Nesbitt Artacona who in a few moments is going to be my very first guest here on TroBiz. But first I thought I'd give you a little bit of a rundown on what our plan is, not only for this episode, but for our future ones. We're going to start with what I think are the most pressing headlines that are happening in business, not only here in Coral Gables, but across Miami-Dade County, our region, our state, and of course at the national level. We are a chamber, of course, that is interested not only in those issues, but those that affect our businesses most directly here in the City Beautiful. And then we will have a guest or guests that join us each week, and we'll have some lively banter about topics that may relate to those headlines or topics of very pressing interest to those of us who are not only doing business here in Coral Gables, um, but love what goes on here in our City Beautiful. And then, of course, because we understand that time is money and uh, your time is valuable, We'll wrap things up with, you know, a few anecdotal stories, maybe some funny things that we have seen over the past week or two, things that people are talking about, or what we want to encourage you to continue to have a dialogue over. So relax, sit back, enjoy us for the next few minutes, and most importantly, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for giving our Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce not only your attention, um, but your great interest. So... My pleasure to introduce Sarah Nesbitt Artacona. Sarah is an Associate Vice President at the University of Miami. We have known each other now just a little more than 20 years, and she has been not only a great friend to me and our chamber, but is a past chair of our board here, um, a wonderful community leader, very engaged in various issues around the City Beautiful, um, and as we'll talk about, I'm sure, we are both faithful, dedicated, and uh, fans of the Southeastern Conference, her, Alabama, and me, Florida. So see, we worked that in in the first three or four minutes here. So good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Mark. <laughs> what a delight to be here today. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and I want to say thank you for saying yes. I know that we've been talking for a couple of weeks about what we're going to do different in 2020, and I think as a chamber, we're very fortunate. We have a team that is uh, always looking for new ways to engage we have a membership that's very open to change and trying new things. Uh, and we have great partners like Martine here, who's helping us record our first podcast. Uh, I've learned over the last few months that uh, even members of my staff are hooked on podcasts. Uh, Is that so? Yeah, one recently told me she was listening to the whole documentary and conversations about uh, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, so, interesting. Um, you know, and others are uh, invested in other topics, but... We know that people have limited time to get engaged. They do. And so what I love is that uh, a podcast like this can be uh, when you're ready, and I hope we'll bring some relevant topics. So I'm going to run through the headlines. 
feel free to hop in when you like. So I'm going to start at the national level. Uh, the president is expected to sign this upcoming Wednesday the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or mm -hmm. what people call USMCA, or the new NAFTA. Now, I know that's something that the chamber has been really involved in. Can you remind me a little bit about that? So probably about two years ago, um, in conjunction with our partners at the U.S. Chamber, uh, we began the conversation of what a new and renegotiated NAFTA might look like. And of course, you know, NAFTA is more than 20 years old. It was done during the uh, President Clinton administration. And so, first of all, uh, there were no provisions at the time for things like intellectual property at the level of which we talk about that today, especially... Sure in a community like ours with the number of startups and scale-ups that we have. Well, 20 years ago, we were using brick phones. That is so. true. That is true. That we're in like a nice sort of, you know, leather skin so that you looked cool. Yes. Yes. Um, and I also think that, you know, our trade relationships with Canada have continued to become, uh, you know, more significant. Uh, they are number one in many ways in the work that we do together. And remember, this time of year... Florida has many Canadians here that we they do. kindly call snowbirds. They do, and Canada's in the news a lot lately because of the Megxit oh, yes. issue. So, and I know you're going to want to talk about that. Well, but, uh, maybe just a little bit. <laughs> I am equally intrigued. So that's going to be our national headline. At the state level, last week, the state legislative session began, and the House and the Senate came together, and they will be together for the next two months. Every year... During committee weeks, our chamber takes a delegation of 18 to 20 folks up there to meet with all of our legislators who represent the Gables and surrounding area and That's talk right. about substantive issues. The University of Miami is also there, and I think we get together our team that's in Tallahassee for the session. We have two wonderful women in my office that are up there for the entire time, making sure that the University of Miami is front and center with our legislative body and that uh, our needs are being heard and hopefully met. Well, Raina and Cher are awesome, and they're always great about helping us if there's an appointment we need to get or need to be briefed on maybe an issue that's percolating. We go up there with a plan, but every time that we arrive, we quickly learn that oh, there's something new. This year, as interestingly as it is, maybe not so much a chamber issue, but a lot of discussion on septic versus sewer. Right. Significant issue with sea level rise issues. Correct. And obviously, we're still building construction and putting it on septic, and so we're going to need to have a much more significant conversation about that. So that's going to run through March, so I'm sure we'll talk about that in upcoming podcasts as well. But most importantly, um, I want folks to know that their chamber is plugged in to what our state leaders are doing and working closely with our partners like the University of Miami. Regionally, we'll get ready. As you mentioned, you know, Super Bowl is upon us. This will be the 11th Super Bowl that Miami has hosted, more than any other community. And we're very fortunate because we have um, great partners and leaders dedicated to putting on an amazing Super Bowl. Over the last few days, they have been transforming the park downtown. And so Bayfront Park now looks like a very large NFL venue celebrating all 11 years of that hosting. And I'm one of the host committee co-chairs working with our volunteer committee. And Congratulations. So, thank you. So we've been working for probably close to a year recruiting, training, and now deployment begins tomorrow. And we'll be at airports, we'll be at our headquarters, and of course we'll be downtown on the water at Super Bowl Live, as it is called. You know, from a county level, that Super Bowl is going to have a tremendous impact, as you might imagine, 
on our economy for folks who are not only coming to the game, but enjoying greater Miami, if you will, staying in our hotels, renting cars, dining in our restaurants. And that includes all the infrastructure of all the employees and contractors and subcontractors that are down here for the week. So that also adds to all of their money being spent here in Dade County. So I'm excited because the volunteers are, uh, are a very large group, very motivated group, excited group. And so even as early as tomorrow, you know, we'll be at the headquarters activating at the Super Bowl Live. And if you're interested in the NFL experience, that'll be out on Miami Beach at the convention center running from tomorrow through the next week. And so a lot of interactive games and chances to maybe have a, an encounter with a former Super Bowl player or NFL player. Well, I know that you're a former um, executive with the uh, Super Bowl, as was my husband, Mario. And so um, our paths crossed several or a number of years ago as it relates to Super Bowl. So you and I have personal experience on how important that event is to our community. In 1998, I was working for the host committee and we were in your building, your boss, Hank Adorno, was the chair of the board of the Super Bowl host committee. And I think maybe my third or fourth day, you came down to deliver something to uh, to our team. And I remember peering over my cubicle after hearing you let people know kind of what's what. As I'm wont to do. <laughs> I said to myself, <laughs> who is that? It was love at first sight. So thank you. And then right here at home, uh, earlier this morning, I had a great conversation with Wendy Kalergis from our hotel association was announced yesterday that a flag will be flying high over the new Plaza Coral Gables project. It is a Lowe's hotel. I mean, talk about That's spectacular. Their only other location in Miami, I think, is on Miami Beach. That is correct. So that, that's really incredible that they've decided to plant their second flag in Coral Gables. So I think that project, as it you know gets more and more built out, um, that is an exciting first announcement. I think following that will be some uh, retail announcements of some major brands that will be signed. And so I hope folks will stay tuned in uh, to what's going on there. And I want to thank the Tisch family, who are the owners of the Lowe's, for choosing Coral Gables. So with that, those are our headlines. I think we've got a lot to dig into, and I uh, I appreciate your early comments. So let's start a little bit with Super Bowl. So you know, this is our 11th one. I think the next city that has had maybe nine or 10 is New Orleans. And so they do a great job. But I don't know if folks realize all of the activity that goes into bringing a Super Bowl here. First, you have to win a bid from all of the other NFL owners. And so all of them vote on where a Super Bowl uh, will ultimately end up. And now you have to be invited to bid. Bill Talbert was explaining to me that as he's been involved with all of these, how right. the process has changed and become more sophisticated. And so we've actually been invited to bid for another one, probably in the mid-2020s. So, well, I know your neighbor across the street from yes, the chamber Rodney is Rodney Barreto, um, the star of multiple uh, Super Bowl year bids. And yes. so I think, you know, a lot of people are tipping their hat to him, but I think we need to do as well because he really is probably next to Bill Talbert at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, our number one spokesperson nationally and internationally about how great Miami is. No, and Rodney knows how to roll out the red carpet. And I would say even between the 1990 game, 1999 game that I worked 20 years later, we posted now three additional. The dollars that have to be raised from the local community to put on the game, 
uh, and what goes on around the game right. is very significant. And the infrastructure. I mean, absolutely. it's absolutely incredible. I mean, Mark's just overseeing the volunteer aspect. But if you can imagine that all of the hotels have to get coordinated, the transportation has to get coordinated, all of these events that are put on, like you were mentioning the event at Bayfront Park. I mean, all of those things require hours. They require expertise. And they require volunteers. And so Rodney, you know, is the mastermind, right. if you will, behind this whole thing and maybe someday he'll write a playbook on how to bring you know a big event to your community um but it, it really is intense about what's going to happen the next week around here so i think you know we're going to put on our volunteer uniforms which this year are the best i've seen in the previous 10 thanks to our good friends over at perry ellis and uh hopefully this little bit of rain that has been plaguing us the last two days will be long gone uh, so that we can have an unbelievably beautiful Super Bowl week. Well, and, anything uh, is better than being uh, up north right now. Yes. Um, I watched the Kansas City game, and I saw Oof. the high at that game was 19 degrees. And so being in South Florida right now, I wouldn't mind a few little rain showers <laughs> opposed to 10 feet of snow. Very true. And so you mentioned Kansas City. Yes. So 50 years, 50 years since Kansas City Mm. Um, has been in the big game. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Reid has been a bridesmaid a couple of times, and so he's <laughs> looking for an opportunity to win a ring as a head coach. And, of course, San Francisco had a long run where they were in multiple Super Bowls, the Joe Montana, of the, course. Uh, you know, years. And, uh, uh, and I think when you look at those two teams, what's nice is they haven't been in the Super Bowl in quite a while. So that's a draw. Right. And, um, you know, from very different parts of the country. So, And, well, the um, biggest draw for me is that um, the Patriots and Tom Brady won't be there. <laughs> I know you're not a Tom Brady fan. Not, not a fan. not because of New England. No, it's, it's because, because I went to the national championship where Alabama played Michigan right down the street at our own stadium. And in triple overtime, Michigan beat Alabama with Tom Brady as their coach. And from that day forward, not a fan. Well, um, I heard this morning on uh, on Howard Stern that uh, his house was up for sale. I heard so that, too. I'm hearing rumors that he might be uh, joining the Chargers. I can heard that, too. Well, good for him. He can go to the West Coast. But we won't predict it here, but we will uh, at least let people think about it. So while we're talking a little bit about uh, football and Super Bowl, the Hurricanes announced their home schedule for the upcoming uh, season, 2020. That's correct. And I have to ask you now, it's uh, it's an interesting home schedule with teams like UAB, Pitt, Duke, and Temple. But I need some education on this place called Wagner. So that's a good question. So when the schedule came out, there was Wagner College. And I was curious about where and what Wagner College is. It is a small private college uh, that's located in Staten Island. So who knew? Who knew? And so, you know, Staten Island is like prime real estate, right? So Well, I think that's where the Statue of Liberty lives. Oh, okay. Well, that's tourist prime real estate. Too. Yes. So, so, you know, they'll have to take a ferry to the airport and then fly down here and play the game, right? I think that's in September sometime. Yes. So, you know, the president's always very kind and invites me to at least one game a year to join him. Uh, and his wife in the box, and you're usually there helping co-host. I am. So I'm hoping it's the Wagner team. Oh, well, I'll make a note right now. <laughs> Can I get Wagner swag on, like, Fanatics? I don't mm, know. Maybe. Don't know. Um, 
Staying with UM Sports for a mm-hmm. moment, obviously a lot of talk this week about uh, the University of Miami's baseball team. They have uh, some very high season, preseason rankings uh, for the first time in a number of years. And I think Coach Dino, uh, Dino Damari has uh, really taken command of this team. I think this is probably his third season. It is. It's his third season. Yeah. Um, actually, this morning, a very large gift was announced to baseball for a million dollars from a former player, Tommy Watson. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. Um, but just to remind people, you know, everybody thinks about football with the University of Miami, but actually our baseball team is ranked um, preseason in the top five. Right. Um, baseball is a different experience. It's very family friendly. We have a lot of um, longtime multi-generational fans that come to those games. The tickets are very reasonable. Um, and you know we've got a, an exciting lineup this year. People love to come out for the milkshakes, obviously, which are a tradition and a history there at uh, the stadium. But added this year, um, we do have adult beverages. So that's kind of exciting that people can come out and maybe enjoy a beverage or two with their family or with their friends. Um, So that's really neat. And we've also got one of the stars on the team is uh, a local boy, Adrian Del Castillo. And he um, is a graduate of our very own Gulliver Prep. As are you. I am. Did you play pitcher? I played catcher. Well, we won't go there, will no, we? No, please don't. So you talked about the gift that was made. So yes, that's incredible it because is. I don't think people realize how expensive scholarships are for the student athletes. There are, and there are improvements that need to be made to that stadium. I mean, we've added for football the indoor practice facility, right. which was funded very generously by the Sofer nice. family in, in her honor. Um, but I think that, you know, baseball now is getting a lot of focus and attention, and there are a lot of upgrades that are going o- up over there to the batting cages and to their facilities. And so that's, you know, much needed um, for a really great team that maybe isn't playing in the best um, facilities right now. Right. And my understanding is going back to the milkshakes that uh, that's probably the longest line, more so than the ladies' room. Oh. People waiting in line. And are they, are they from Robert is here? They are not from Robert okay. is here. They're from a family that has been making milkshakes there for years. Nice. And um, they have all different flavors. But yes, you are correct. The minute people get into the stadium, they get in line for the milkshakes. <laughs> so I know that Rutgers is coming in for Valentine's weekend. That's and right. And always a very tough in-state rival series. My Gators will be here the weekend after that. Okay. And, um, that's always exciting because usually it's a three-game stand. Mm-hmm. I know last year Miami went up there. I think they split two and one. Mm-hmm. And so it's usually a good precursor and sort of bellwether of how the season's going to go. And oftentimes the Gators and Canes see each other in postseason, along with the Seminoles. We Correct. Have very good baseball teams mm-hmm. here and a lot of great student athletes. So those that are, uh, are into sports of any kind, it's a great atmosphere. I think you're absolutely right. I've had a chance to be out there. We did an event last year with the Chamber and our young professionals, which I think we're hoping to try to do again uh, here in 2020 that was really very well attended. So I appreciate that. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. and Let's talk about uh, Coral Gables. You've been a longtime Gables uh, resident, grew up here, work here. Uh, but most importantly, what is your Instagram page? Uh, it is Gables Girls 65. Very nice. So even in your handle, correct, you show your love towards the Gables. And I yes. think you have a unique take on our community, not only having grown up here, but working here and 
knowing a lot of the players, if you will, in mm -hmm. the sense of the movers mm -hmm. and the shakers. What do you think is uh, one thing right now that is on everybody's mind right here in Coral Gables? Oh, gosh. Well, I think the thing that stays on everybody's mind about Coral Gables is really the quality of life and the quality of the business experience here. That, you know, being a third generation um, family member of Coral Gables. I now have worked in the city of Coral Gables for 20 years. I mean, people really appreciate the fact that it's run so well. Everything looks beautiful all the time. There's very careful thought and consideration you know, for decades that have gone into planning parks and planning appropriate roads and having traffic calming circles and all of these little things that set Coral Gables apart from everything else. I can tell you when we have parents and students, potential students come visit the University of Miami, they're wildly impressed um, when they come to campus and they see how beautiful everything is. Obviously it's very safe. The public safety here is excellent. Um, you know, fire response is excellent. So we feel it every day, but you really can see it when parents and families come to the University of Miami. Um, just this last year, we had more than 40,000 applications for 2,200 spots at the University of Miami. And I think a lot of that speaks to the comfort feeling that parents have that they are you know, gonna leave their student for four years at such a, a beautiful place that's so safe and so organized. And so I think that all of those things tie it back to how great the Gables is. So that really is a calling card for us as a chamber when we're pitching to businesses that may wanna relocate or expand here. But the real asset is the university itself. And so I think UM is always very gracious because they do as you have just done and point to all of the other amenities and um, all the other things that draw us here. Well, like um, uh, the chamber, we were created by George Merrick. Right. So the city, the chamber, and the University of Miami were all created at the same time. We'll all celebrate our centennial at the same time, which is very exciting. Um, but we've never wavered from that time that George Merrick thought, this is how I'm going to create a beautiful planned city and community. He said it. we had to have a university at its core. And so we really look at ourselves as the heart of Coral Gables. Um, we are 230 acres, but we're not just a university. We keep our doors open. So you, we have neighbors that come there every weekend to enjoy the green space. They come over to the Starbucks, which is open all weekend. They bring their children over, their grandchildren over. We're dog friendly. They enjoy all the amenities, the cultural, the arts, the athletics that we have on campus. And so we are a partner with the city of Coral Gables. We say this is a marriage and that we only help each other lift the community up. And obviously there's a big connection with the business community too and attracting people to come here. The university for us, as we like to say, um, really is in our front yard, it's not in our backyard. It is front and center. Uh, the resources that you have that you willingly share, I think conversations we've had over the years in terms of you know, great speakers that come and talk to our members, I'm meeting with Dean John Quelch from the School of Business in a couple of weeks to talk about, you know, issues that he's working on. Obviously, he has come in with an unbelievable energy to really elevate the school. Um, and last week, I attended a program there focused on retail because that's a hot topic. Everybody's talking about, you know, 
bricks and mortar online what's the future right and we're quite bullish here obviously on our retail districts not only on miracle mile but what we see at merrick park and the intervening streets what you see is there is a lot of interest and so our job as a chamber our partners like yourselves and the city have to be constantly engaged in those conversations because you don't bring a lowe's hotel here if you don't have something that adds to that, it can't just be done in isolation. That's right. And I give the university a lot of credit because a lot of places could easily put up their ivory tower and just live inside it. And so, um, you know, you are encouraging all of the time of your colleagues to be looking outward. And that really is the heart and soul of what I know you do um, each and every day. Now, the other part that is fun about the university is it brings youth to our community. It does. So, so somebody said to me the other day, and it's so true, you know, as an employee there for almost 20 years, I keep getting older. The students stay the same age. So every year, our clientele is 18 to 22. Right. And so that keeps you young. It keeps you thinking. It th- keeps you creative. And that's what's really exciting to me about working at the University of Miami is that you know, we may be getting moving on and we may have seen things, but, you know, these kids come in and they're full of energy and full of life. And it really makes it fun going to work every day. Well, and I think our hope long term is that when they finish their degrees, that they want to stay here. Absolutely. So we have to find the jobs. We have to bring the companies in that create those jobs and the opportunity to uh, keep that talent here. Sure. So just like the Super Bowl, like we're laughing about, the weather is so atrocious up north. I mean, can you imagine coming down here to tour the University of Miami on a beautiful January day and you're from snowy Minnesota or Wisconsin? I mean, it sells itself. It's such a beautiful place. It does. And a week ago, I had the great pleasure of being on the campus with the Beaux-Arts Festival. 69 years you all have been holding that. That's right. And it began as a clothesline sale to make That's a few right. bucks, right? Isn't that crazy? So people would come and they would hang artwork on clotheslines. And people would buy it right off the clothesline. And so it's evolved today. It has hundreds of vendors, hundreds of artists, booths. And we're so proud to have that in the heart of campus. It's the only art festival that we bring to campus. And it is a direct benefit for our beautiful Low Art Museum, the oldest collecting museum in the state of Florida. And so what a great partnership that has been going on all those years. Well, you left out one very important piece, and that is they sell kettle corn there, which is the longest line, longer than even the food lines, the kettle corn line. So I avoided Who it with knew? a vengeance. I know, I know. So two last things that I want to mention before we wrap up today in our inaugural show, and I'd love your thoughts on that, is that um, we are seeing a significant number of turnkey uh, office solutions that have been coming to Coral Gable, speaking about that youth movement. So for years we've had places like Office Edge and Quest, uh, even Regis, but with Pipeline and now an expanded WeWork, we're finding that much like you're talking about the young people at the university, it's bringing in young people. I just wondered if you had a sure. thought on that as an observer, because we're seeing a lot of energy around the growth of that, and we're hearing that more and more of those are looking at Coral Gables as an opportunity. So about 10 years ago at the university, we started something called the Launchpad. And what that is, is it's students who are entrepreneurs, who have an idea, who have come up with a concept, and they're looking for help putting a business plan around it. So we actually have a number of students that graduate from the University of Miami that already have patents. 
and have already started businesses online and have already started coming up with concepts. And so that's a little bit non-traditional from the from the office structure that I think we are all used to of working for a large company. So those students that are coming out of the University of Miami are looking for, well, what does my office structure look like? And it's not going into a traditional tower. It's having um, meeting space where they can go, where they can have meetings there, where they can um, get together just one-on-one or with a group of people. You know, um, the, the study today in our libraries is much more collaborative. Gone are the days of like the single carousel where you went into study. You know, <laughs> or for, reserving a place. Or reserving stacks. a place. Yeah. You don't do that anymore. You come in, a lot of the spaces in our library are for group study. Um, nobody's telling you to, sh- and, you know, whisper you to be quiet. And that's the kind of collaborative thinking that we are seeing from our students um, coming out of our, our school. I'm sure um, Dean Quelch will be able to talk to you more about that from our business school aspect. So those are the types of spaces that they are looking for. So I think it makes natural sense that they already know Coral Gables. They've been here for four years. And so to stay where they are, they can access um, a collaborative workspace. So we've had the good fortune of meeting some of those folks who went to UM, found each other with a collaborative idea end up opening, you know, really the first office, if you will, in sure. one of those collaborative spaces. Mm-hmm. So we're running short on time, so I want to do a little some uh, little lightning round. I just kind of put this together. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions, quick response, and your thoughts on that. We hit on this before, so Canada's newest residents, most famous, living in Vancouver, Harry and Meghan, thoughts? Thoughts. Uh, I think it's great. I love having them in North America. Um, they are non-traditional royals, and I think that we are seeing more and more people their age do non-traditional things. Very nice. Oscars. Gosh, I haven't seen all nine of the pictures, but I'm hearing this Parasite movie is really fantastic. Notes, yeah. And so Parasite, um, it is in subtitles. It is. It's- uh, it's South Japanese. Korean, oh, it is. Maybe I thought it was Japanese. Oh, South Korean. And so I guess I'm going to have to bite the bullet and sit through two hours of subtitles, but I love horror movies. I heard it's amazing, but it has been gaining significant momentum, uh, much like you've seen with other movies. And uh, it won the SAG Award for Best Cast. So it's a front runner now, I would say, along with maybe Once Upon a Time in America, the Quentin Tarantino yes, movie. Yes, which I did say it's excellent. Got a lot of buzz as well. Favorite place to have coffee in the Gables? Um, I'm going to say Vicky Bakery. So it's right behind the chamber. And I think it's kind of like the first Cuban flavor that planted an, uh, a flag in Coral Gables. And I love that they have a window. So I'm going to say Vicky. Una ventana. Si. You can pull right up to it and get yourself a cafecito. And you see everybody there. You do see everybody there. It's a great gathering point. Favorite thing about the University of Miami? Um, I'm going to say the Wellness Center, so I'm a little spoiled, but I do love um, the wellness facilities that we have created there, so I'm a big fan of the Herbert Wellness Center. And finally, your favorite thing about our chamber? Oh, well, the CEO. (laughs) No, my favorite thing about the chamber is that it's so accessible. So there are other places that you can join in town, and I am members of them, and you maybe won't have the same access you do. You don't get to meet the head of the chamber. You don't get to 
you know, come up with ideas that are specifically geared towards your business. So I'm a huge chamber fan and, um, you know, I am partial to the CEO. What can I say? <laughs> well, he has a little crush on you too. Folks, this has been the inaugural edition of TroBiz, our new podcast for the Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce. Stay tuned in with us. We're going to get you more detail and information on the schedule and the regularity of us posting these podcasts, but they will always sort of follow this format with our headlines, discussion on what's going on around those headlines and in the Gables, and then wrapping it up with what I now call thoughts. That's us signing off from TroBiz. Bye.